Grey 42. I was attracted to a book in the thrift store whose title caught my eye the other day. The title, Leading with a Limp, seemed particularly appropriate for me in this season. I confess to purchasing it on impulse, as much for the potential photo opportunity as anything. It turns out that the book's contents resonate with far more than my current physical limitations. It is by Dan Allender, and I recommend it. The subtitle is Turning Your Struggles into Strengths, and it challenges some fundamental assumptions about leadership. It is less about strategies and methods, and more about accepting weakness and failure, and drawing on those to shape and inform our approach. Leadership is exercised differently from a place of brokenness. This is not just about tacitly acknowledging that everyone has a flat side, but allowing our reputation to be tempered by authenticity. These quotes from the book give a flavour of the approach. To admit we are foolish, weak and in need of repentance gives the vindictive and self-righteous camp plenty of ammunition to turn against us and to turn others against our leadership. But the alternatives to living in and living out truth are far worse. We either hide from truth or we choose to spin our sin and our story. To the degree you face and name and deal with your failures as a leader, to that same extent you will create an environment conducive to growing and retaining productive and committed colleagues. This is the strange paradox of leading. To the degree you attempt to hide or dissemble your weaknesses, the more you will need to control those you lead, the more insecure you will become, and the more rigidly you will impose, prompting the ultimate departure of your best people. The reluctant leader doesn't merely give accolades to others. It is her true joy to see others awaken to their potential and exceed their greatest dreams. It is the hope of every good teacher to have students who take their work further than the teacher was able to do. To be surpassed is the ideal. To be replaced is the goal, not a sign of failure. We should expect anyone who remains in a formal leadership context to experience repeated bouts of flight, doubt, surrender and return. Why would this be God's plan? Why does God love the reluctant leader? Here is one reason. The reluctant leader is not easily seduced by power, pride or ambition. Disillusionment takes us to the question, what does it profit a man if he gains this world and loses himself? And disillusionment exposes that while we were supposedly serving the kingdom, we somehow became the king. And when we thought we were following Jesus, we inexplicably made him a servant of our dreams. The only real tragedy is the leader who never allows disillusionment to wear him to a nub and expose the godlessness of his busyness.
Paul calls leaders not merely to be humble and self-effacing, but to be desperate and honest. It is not enough to be self-revealing, authentic and transparent. Our calling goes far beyond that. We are called to be reluctant, limping, chief sinner leaders, and even more so to be stories. The word that Paul uses is that a leader is to be an example. But what that implies is more than a figure on a flannel board. He calls us to be a living portrayal of the very gospel we beseech others to believe. And that requires a leader to see himself as being equally prone to deceive as he is to tell the truth, to manipulate as he is to bless, to cower as he is to be bold. A leader is both a hero and a fool, a saint and a felon. A good leader will in time disappoint everyone. Leadership requires a willingness not to be liked. In fact, a willingness to be hated. Those random snippets are just the tip of the iceberg, but they do give a flavour of what the book is about. Today, I am thankful for the leaders who have led me and shaped my thinking about leadership. Humble, servant-hearted, self-deprecating leaders who have been transparent about weakness and faced up to failure. I'm grateful for people like Andy Bathgate, David Geddes, Colin Sinclair, Nigel Lee and John Risbridger, to name but a few of those who have carried some supervisory responsibility for me on my way through life, for their example and encouragement. Leadership is about taking on responsibility and at the same time giving up rights. Entitlement and servanthood do not sit well together. Growing influence comes as we look for opportunities and encourage and inspire others to join in with a bigger story. I am blessed to have been led by those who have led with a limp, and I hope that even when my ankle has recovered, I will continue to do the same. Some of this being a reality for any of us comes down to the focus of our longing. There are many legitimate things that we thirst for. In today's psalm, David expresses an aching craving for God. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Where can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night. When people say to me all day long, where's your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the Mighty One, with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Saviour and my God. My soul is downcast within me, therefore I will remember you from the land of the Jordan the heights of Hermon, from Mount Mizar. Deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All your waves and breakers have swept over me. 
By day the Lord directs his love. At night his song is with me. A prayer to the God of my life. I say to God my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, Where is your God? Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Saviour and my God. This kind of honest and hopeful testimony again gives a public window into the inner life of a leader. I guess part of leading with a limp is leading with a thirst. It's definitely about meeting God and our hope being in him.